Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. Uh, I'm sitting here with my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell, and I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. <laughs> I kind of did a little different take on that this week. I don't know if I like it or not, Shell, but we're getting ready to do another episode of the How to Barbecue Right podcast. Uh, That's correct, yes. <laughs> are you feeling all right today? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Today, uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. I like it's, it. Uh, are we going to La Siesta? The tomorrow? weather. Uh, we might. All right. <laughs> the weather is cool. There's a Cooler. Crisp. Christmas I broke out the air. hoodie, man. We got this hurricane blowing up some yeah, rain, yeah. though. My food plots are loving it. The local seeds are growing out there. My deer <laughs> already hitting them, and I can't wait. We've got about another month before rifle season. Yeah. We're bow season now. I just don't have a bow. I need to get. I need to buy me a crossbow or compound bow. You're going to go bow hunting? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it means getting me some fresh back straps. Yeah. That's all I want, some fresh backstraps. I don't care nothing about shooting them or doing any of that. I just want the meat. Um, no, I do like hunting them. Uh, so today, we released our tomahawk steak video. I did one. So I've done the tomahawk. I think the last video I did on one was kind of a sear it and then move it over. Yes. And finish it off that way, kind of with the butter up under it and it all the drippings. reverse, reverse. That one was good. It was a reverse, reverse series, as <laughs> you called it. But <laughs> yeah. this one. Oh, no, I, that one was delicious. So I was talking, this was, uh, I guess it was Brian, son of a butcher, was going back down to Kevin's shop down there in Pensacola and asked me if there was anything he, I wanted him to pick me up. And I was like, man, I've been thinking about doing another tomahawk, and I wanted to do one um, just smoked. And that's, I got the idea, I was like, I know it's going to taste good, and I'm not really worried about I, I like a seared steak, but I really like that smoke grilled flavor. So I was kind of going for barbecue notes on it. And that's what I decided to do the video on. He brought me back this beautiful, it was, all, it was like three pounds, two inches thick, tomahawk prime, tomahawk steak. And I said, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. It <laughs> was, I was I was a little worried good. when he gave it to me. It was in a cryovac. I was like, man, I don't know if it's going to fit on the grill. <laughs> it was like, how am I going to saw some of this bone off if, if it won't fit? But I went out there in the cryovac and stuck it on the grate. And I said, oh, it's going to work perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, it, it was a big steak. It was a big steak. Yeah. It was good. I mean, you know, Tomahawk, say what you will about it. It's, I mean, it's a ribeye steak. I mean, do you need to cook it on that big bone? No. But does it look cool and a big old handle and holding it and all that? Heck yeah. It looks like something a man like myself will want to eat. It looks like something like a caveman probably. Yeah. You know, it's very primal. I was just looking through. I pulled up on the uh, see how the video was doing. And somebody posted they've never seen anybody just eat one, no utensils, pick it up and eat it. And I wish I would have thought about that. Well, uh, that okay. guy's probably going to do a video on it. But I, the next time I cook a tomahawk, I'm going to eat the whole thing just on the handle. That's how I'm going to serve <laughs> You don't get no forks. You don't get no knives. You got the choice to rip it off your fingers <laughs> or pick it up and eat it. That's how a tomahawk should be ate. That makes sense. I'm going to go to Capitol Grill and order one. See if they <laughs> see if they got a tomahawk on the menu. And just say, What would they say in the white tablecloth? Do you need a knife? Bringing out all these sir? courses. No. no. I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> <laughs> just bring that steak down and set it there. <laughs> But no, it turned out really good. It, yeah. it, I mean, that was my first time to ever just straight smoke one. Now, 
cooking it on the drum as it was going, I was like, you know, if I leave this lid off this drum. Yeah, because you've never done this. And you said that. No, yeah. I've never done you it. You said, I've never done this. Smoked the whole way. I yeah. reverse seared them. Like, yeah. But usually if I reverse sear one, I put it on a pellet grill, bring it up to about 110, and then move it over to the PK or to the Weber over some hot coals and sear it, and it's done. See, I like the way you did it, um, where you brought it up slow, and then you um, put it on a raised rack. No, you seared it. Yeah, just got some sear marks and then brought it up and controlled it. Yeah. And then you put it on the raised rack, and um, you put the butter and the garlic and everything underneath it, so all the meat juices were dripping down into and then the butter. It back yeah. with it. <laughs> that was it good. That was really good. But which one do you think was better? I don't know. I think this one was they better. Were, but they were unique. They're different because yeah. that one you got they the herbiness. Different. It had char on it because I charred yeah, it and first. I love the char. And but I like, but you don't get near the smoke you doing don't get it that the flavor. way. Mm-mm. This way. It was a hickory smoked tomahawk. And yes. Maybe that's what I should have called it. Hickory smoked tomahawk. Hey, we can go back and change it. Did you change the name? <laughs> well, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, I mean, that's what it was. It was a hickory smoked tomahawk. Now, everybody knows that I say that the drum gives you the most authentic flavor out of any pit that I own. Yeah. Even the stick burners, the jambo, the outlaw, the CTO, pellet grill, egg, the drum gives you more authentic barbecue flavor. It really does. Because you have those meat juices dripping down, coals way down at the bottom below it, and as they sizzle and the wood burns and it smokes and it just penetrates that meat, and it's just the perfect cooking. And whoever figured out cooking on trash can was a genius <laughs> because it does. It really tastes like old school barbecue. Yeah. And so that's what flavors that this tomahawk steak absorb. They absorb that hickory smoke you, and they absorb that meat, the juice sizzling on those coals. And, you know, you said you can recreate this uh, recipe on any smoker. Yeah. But you can't do it that same way. Well, you ain't going to create that drum flavor. But you can yes, smoke a steak yes. on any cooker. You could set up a Weber indirect and, and you know, you're not going to create that drum. You can still put some smoke on it. Now, yeah. is it going to get that drum flavor? Now, the, the drum flavor is one thing you can't duplicate. Yeah, that's true. But Another you- smoker could if you can get the distance right, you know, away from it. You could You could duplicate that. Yeah. But it's all about the distance from the cooking grate to the coals. That's what makes it. That's what indirect. makes a drum unique and indirect. Yeah. And you get all that flavor. You get the advantage of meat dripping on it, mixed in with the smoke. Now I wonder, what if you like set up another smoker and you infuse some kind of meats dripping on the coals flavor in it? Like if I could rig up my CTO firebox to have some meat in there and where it was sizzling over them coals as it was pumping smoke up through. Okay, explain it to me again. <laughs> Put some meat in the firebox, so I'm just getting using it oh, just like oh. some old cheap beef or some fat or something. I don't want to start a fire, like but I want to get the yeah, like I throw onions in there. You I want to get some meat flavor going in that smoke. Some, uh, yeah. yeah, if if Royal Oak hey. could figure out a way to make <laughs> meat infused coal, man, they would have something. Hey, that would you be jam the, up. Um, discount section of the yeah, meat get, the, get the old stuff. Yeah, I got to work on that. I don't know how you could meat infuse it, but it's uh. so good. And that's what made that steak good. I mean, now it's quality beef. I seasoned it super simple. I didn't. There was no trimming. I didn't trim anything on. I took it out of the package, paper towel, all any moisture off. Now, I was fixing. Yeah, I, was, I was fixing to talk about this. Um, this beef was. Based. If you want to hear like pro tip or what would you call that meat hack? <laughs> <laughs> they got all these fancy words. Where did for you using come up something. with? Okay, where did you come up with using the beef based as a binder? Well, so. I've usually always put 
you know, sometimes you would put olive oil or a little moisture on them or, you know, on the outside of steaks. For the big steaks. Yeah. Or just steaks in general. Yeah, for steaks, just to get some seasoning to stick. Yeah. And I got to thinking, okay, so when I put a, do a butt, sometimes I want to put a binder on it and I'll put some, you know, mustard on it or something. I said, well, mustard ain't really my thing on beef. And then I, I've been doing this for probably a month or so, just playing with it. And I've seen all these people using marinades, like beef-flavored marinades for these SEA contests. And I've had that beef concentrate in the refrigerator. And I said, well, I'm going to start – I'm going to see what it's like rubbing a little bit on a steak. And I did it one night and didn't tell you. I was just trying to see what the outcome was. It was just some mm-hmm. cheap Kroger steaks I'd had. And I, I, I – they might have been a flat iron. I don't even think it was like a ribeye or anything. It no. Might have been, no, I'll tell you what it was. It was sirloins. That's exactly what it was. It was some sirloins they were had on sale at Kroger. I got that beef marinade, and I just rubbed them down with it lightly, and then I seasoned them with some AP and a little steak yeah. rub and grilled them. And I was like, man, this cheap sirloin steak that I got for like four ninety nine a pound tastes like something from a steakhouse. I mean, it was like good beef flavor. And so the next time I told, I told you I did it, I did it on a ribeye, and it was – just as good. And so this time, that's why I have decided to do it. I should have showed anybody, really. <laughs> I should have just said, kept my mouth shut, and just run it, and not did it. Because now everybody's going to be putting beef concentrate on their steaks and kicking my butt in contests. Have was you be used my, it at a contest before? I have not. I have not. Uh, okay. I have not. I just started doing it. Yeah. And maybe that's been around. I just hadn't seen anybody do it. I've seen people use Worcestershire. I've seen them use Worcestershire soy. Oh, yeah. You know, there's different kinds of marinades. I've, I used to use Worcestershire as a little, you know, moistener for steaks, if you want that flavor. But this, all it gives it is a beefiness. It beefs up. And it goes ahead and kind of gives it that color. Oh, it, yeah. And so, okay. It helps. So I have seen this in steak, steak contests, yeah. and I have did this. There's this kitchen bouquet. Oh, now it's you're like really a, getting to it. Yeah. Really that, well, it, and it kind of stains up the top a little bit, <laughs> gives it that dark look. If you've ever seen these old gray steaks, you want to get rid of that gray, you want to have it a beefy, really good look. You got to get something on there to make that happen. It ain't just natural, you know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I use beef based concentrate. Okay. okay. Well, little side note here. Um, so when I turn the videos live on YouTube, I always put a little section underneath there that says what Malcolm used, so people could find out what you use. You know, they yeah. might not go and buy the product, but they can see see what, what it, it was. Yeah, I got it at Kroger. I didn't order it. On. Well, I put a link to the Amazon. Oh, you can buy it on Amazon? Oh, yeah, you can buy it on it. Yeah. So I put a link to the Amazon. So if you want to buy it on Amazon, you can, but you could go and see the brand and see what it looks like before you go to your grocery store. Yeah. You know, um, when I was doing that, I found out that they have different products too. They have one that's just for uh, burgers, they have one, it's like a garlic burger. Now that sounds delicious. Is this what you were yelling at me when you were doing the show prep this morning? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm looking. I'm trying to see where that stuff is. Oh, I, oh, I ordered it. Oh, you ordered some of it? Yes. It's, okay, it's called Kitchen Accomplice Wicked Juicy B- Beef Burger. Kitchen Accomplice. That's the brand name. The Kitchen Accomplice yeah. is the brand name. The Wicked Juicy Beef Burger. Look at the vegetarians. They have right, a, uh, a chicken one. They got a... No bone broth. Plant-based. Come on. But I try. I ordered the regular beef for your juicy burgers mm-hmm. and the roasted garlic. They had like a smokehouse or, eh, you know, yeah. I don't like. I'm down, clothing. man. They had a chipotle turkey. <laughs> I didn't know they. Ha- I didn't know that Kroger don't have all that. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. I've got two. I've got the beef and I've got the chicken. Yeah. But they don't have, a port. They have a port. If they got a port, mm-hmm. getting that. I don't see a port. You know what? They I like to use it when I'm doing noodles. Chicken. I like to add a little bit of that in my noodles. 
When you say noodles, are you talking about ramen? (laughs) (laughs) My top ramen. My noodles. (laughs) (laughs) Like you fancy. Yeah, like I'm fancy. Oh, it's ramen. It's hard times. (laughs) Hey, Michael's been on a ramen kick lately. I got on him because of Carter. When we get on the vacation, we eat ramen. It's pretty good. Hot sauce and a little beef concentrate. (laughs) So anyway, um, they have a lot of different things for you to try now. This kitchen accomplice. Yeah. Oh, good. And y'all check them out because it's really good on steak. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you, so you don't take much. I mean, just put a dab on there and put a glove on or a brush and just kind of brush it around, and it's going to just make the outside real good and sticky and beefy. And it doesn't, I mean, it just, it don't give a, fa- like a beef flavor. It brings out a beef flavor to yeah. me Yeah, is what it does. It makes well, you, it. You're not putting a lot. No, it's not enough. It's not like I'm making a beef broth or soup or yeah. something. You know, but it's it's really good. I've used it. I've used it in my brisket wrap before. Make a yeah, it's good in there. Fortify, oh yeah, fortify some au jus. But so that goes on the and outside. Sauces, it's really good. It's really and good. Sauce. Yep. Um. So then you say little barbecue rub. I used hot rub. You could use any kind of steak season you want at this point. But since I was smoking baby, it, you could have used whatever. Yeah, the barbecue rub. I was going for something that. If you think if you'd season a brisket with it, it would be good on here to smoke. So any kind of beef that you're thinking you're going to smoke, that would be good on that ribeye. And um, a little bit of steak rub to give it some texture, a little, little spiciness from the different peppers in mm-hmm. it, a little crust, and that's all that went on it. I fired the drum up, got it stabilized at 275, moved that big old tomahawk over to the grate, put a probe in it. Now that's that's something to talk yeah, about right there. Anytime you're cooking a big, thick steak – you know, if, you're, if, if I, I'm not probing my little steaks, unless I'm in a contest and I'm trying to just watch them, I usually don't probe them there. I usually just yeah. use a thermopin. But anytime I'm cooking something that's thick, when I'm talking thick, over an inch and a half, I'm going to put a probe in it because I don't want to screw it up. I don't want to overcook it. And, that I mean, that, that steak was, I think, $44, $45, something, you know, yeah, $50. Yeah. It's an expensive cut of meat. I mean, you're talking three pounds of ribeye, prime ribeye. Yeah. So... Well, you don't want to screw it up is what I'm getting at. Put a probe in it so you can watch the temp, right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> How much of that three pounds was bone? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, weigh, I didn't weigh the bone. <laughs> That'd have been a good uh, – we could have weighed it after. See what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure you're paying for bone. Yeah. But anyway. Part of it. So so, the, so I use my Thermalworks dot, put the probe in it, and you want to go center mass, but you want to stay away – like the way ribeye is put together, you know, it's always got that fat pocket mm-hmm. in the middle of it most of the time. And that's good because, I mean, fat's good in a steak, but you don't want to probe into that because you'll get false readings. So you want to make sure you're kind of in the center of that eye. That's what I do. And just kind of lay your probe on top, see where you want it, and mark, kind of mark it and stick it in. And what I found, like on a steak like that with a spinalis wraps around, sometimes I don't want to cook apart. If you got that probe going through there, it kind of pins it. Helps it helps it, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to tie it, so. And that didn't come apart. I don't know if it, it might have when I was flipping it and all that. If I, because a lot um, of times that fat will melt out and you'll just separate. And it happens in steak contests. That's why we tie them, so they'll stay together. Yeah, but you could have. I could have tied that one. It was starting to separate at one point, but no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So why did you why did you place the butter on the pit uh, so far in advance? Keep it warm. Let it brown a little bit. Um, I probably could have put it a little more over the hot, hot coals and got it because I think it would have been better with a little bit more brown butter. I mean, it browned yeah. some, but if I would have started with brown butter and put it on there, man, it would 
Could have been another level. <laughs> it'd have been like exquisite. So I put the butter on there about ten minutes. I'd already like had it sitting out and let it melt. I set the set that pan on the lid where it was good and warm, so it'd be melty. That way I could season it and I didn't have to wait on butter to melt. And it was ready to go. It was kind of off to the side of the drum, up against the wall, yeah. so it wouldn't you screaming could, hot over coals. You, know? you could tell from the start of the cook to the end of the cook that it did change color. The yeah, yeah, it did. It started brown color. a little bit. It started to separate. You get the solids in the bottom. And yeah. I just just slather it all over it as I'm cooking, <laughs> get sloppy with that brush and let it fall down. And that's what, as I was doing that, I mean, my intentions were, I didn't know, I didn't know how that cook was going to go. Yeah. It was more of a test to see if it would turn out. And I just, I didn't want to screw it up. So I had a probe in it. So I said, I know I'm not going to overcook it. And it can't be bad because it's prime beef. And I know the seasonings and all the flavors is good because I've used those before. So all it was really was, you know, seeing what it would do. Seeing what the, you know, that, that tomahawk would taste. Yeah. Like. So about, let's see, 10 minutes in, I put the butter on. 10 more minutes, I think we are at 20 minute mark. I was about 100, a little over 100 degrees. I flipped it so it cooked even. I didn't want it one-sided cooking. Yeah. And yeah. then... Once it started getting a little bit over, you know, 120, I was like, it's time to start getting some butter on it. So at that point, when I start putting butter on it, I said, I'm not even going to shut the lid. I'm going to leave the lid open on this drum, and I'm going to let that butter drip down. And I know it's going to make, under those hot coals, that hot royal oak, it's going to make it flame. And that's when I started talking about, oh, it's flame kissing it. And I was like, I was had the Burger King flames going at that point. That's what I'm talking and about. You can't recreate no, another cooker. You can't. You yeah. can't. So you would just have to, at that point, if you were cooking on something else, you would baste it and shut your lid and wait. Yeah. Turn it, baste it, shut your lid and wait. But I stood there with it. Let those flames roll. Had me some heat gloves on where I could flip it, baste in both sides, constantly letting that butter drip down and flame up and it smelled. Oh, man. Unreal. It smelled so good. You just got all that goodness floating in the air, steak juices, butter, Seasoning, hickory. I mean, by the, to me, by doing that, you pretty much turn that drum into a direct cooker. <laughs> kind of, but still, <laughs> for the end. it's far enough away at that point. It's kind of like Santa Maria style. Yeah. Because you're way up above the fire and you're still not close to it. So it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, it took total cook time was about 40 minutes, 45 maybe. And, and so it wasn't long. It wasn't a long cook at all for that steak, but man, it was good. And um, going slow allows you to really nail that done. Now. Yeah, you can, and, and I had the thermometer in it the whole time. So then once it hit about, I don't know, it was 126, 127 right in there, it was trying to creep. I was like, oh, it's time to go because I'm, I'm not letting it off. I'm not, I'm not taking it to medium. I want it medium rare. Yeah. And so then I set it on the board, and I knew I wanted it to rest for at least 10 minutes. And, and you said, hey, just leave that thermometer in there and just watch it. I said, okay. Because I know it's going to go to about 130 and top out. And, and that's going to be exactly perfect. that's what it did. And it did. And I kept telling you, okay, it's 128. Come over here and film it. It's 129. <laughs> come over here and film it. And we hit 130. It never went above 130. Yeah. Like we let it stabilize, and then it started going down. Yep. 129, 128. So I let it go all the way back to like 125 where I took it off. And then so it was about 20 minutes, wouldn't you say? I didn't run yeah, the timer, yeah. but it probably was. It rested that long. And then I pulled the probe out and sliced it up. And enjoy myself. <laughs> Best part of the day, I get to try it and I get to just oh, bask in the deliciousness. It was very, it was so good, very good. Did you uh, get? Because uh, I did eat some of it, like holding it up and take. We I got some, some pictures. pictures yeah. You didn't put them on there. I didn't see. Them Not yet. I got them. Yeah. I'm gonna do something. Because like they're really no. Those are some good ones. I haven't. Oh, done I haven't even seen them yet. I don't. Yeah. 
after we film this, we're so busy doing other stuff. I don't have time to. You're the one that gets to edit it and look at it and see how crazy I look. Well, this one was kind of a. We filmed on Wednesday. I edited Wednesday night and Thursday, and we released. You know, Friday morning. This one was a fast one. And now we're talking about it on the podcast. That's our week. (laughs) That's all we did. Um. Uh, so someone had a question that I thought was a really good one. Um, could you get bone marrow out of that bone? I don't know. I think that comes out of the bigger, you know, femur bones. Femur bones, the, yeah. Bone marrow bones. I've, I've, I just wrote that on my list. I've had it on my list for a while, but I it's wrote it on my new current list to, to ask Kevin or ask a butcher about if they could, if they can get it for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll order it. You know, just know where to get it, but I yeah, want to cook it. some. Yeah. A... I want to make some bone marrow butter. B, I just want to eat some bone marrow with some brioche bread. <laughs> with some toast. Some to- brioche to- toast points. And then. That'll change your life. If you've never had bone see, marrow. Bone marrow is good. A little salt over it. I'm probably put a little TX on it. It's all it needs. Yes. That would be On perfect. the drum. So you get the drippings. And just let it go until it starts liquefying and just getting all coagulated and delicious looking like beet butter. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Much. Oh yeah. Um, I'm doing it. I just got to find it. Yeah. We'll find it. Canoes of beef. That's what they call it on a menu sometimes. Um, if I see it, I usually order it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about. We didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, we have. What's going on last week? We are opening a retail location. That, yeah. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> We've had six trucks here today. And it is kicking our butt. Yeah. But we're going to. Got stuff everywhere. We didn't even make it. How many more meetings do we have to have about retail? <laughs> I've cut you out of them at this point. Oh, good. <laughs> but we've got our inventory ordered. I saw a bunch of uh, uh, crawfish cooking stuff come in the warehouse. Some Bloody Mary stuff come in the a warehouse. Lot of cast iron. Some uh, cocktail stuff, like all stuffed olives and sauces and. We got this. All of our new stuff. Hassle, really? Some Hassle uh, beef jerky and beef stick. Yeah. Some Indianola pecans from Mississippi. We got this really honey. cool jambalaya pot. Yeah, I can't wait to cook on that. It's a big standing cast, cast iron. iron. It comes up like, waist I don't know, high. four foot. It's yeah, waist, waist high. high. I can't wait to cook on that. I yeah. want to render some I want to render some gum pork in it. Make some crackles. Heck yeah, that's a way to season that pot. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's what, no, that's what I would say. <laughs> because I get it. We're going to season it with yeah, cracklings. Yeah, I might put two pork bellies in it and just keep cooking it. That just cooks down some pork belly cracklings. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. Then make me some lard. I'm going to make me some beef tallow, get some beef fat and cook down in it and put it in a bucket and put it in the fridge. I got I got plans for my cast iron pots. <laughs> um, what about you? What you do with yours? We got an oyster one. It's like Yeah, for doing char-grilled oysters yeah. oyster tray. Cast iron where you can th- – see, what I like about that is you can just go buy – Fresh shucked oysters and put them in there. You don't have to if you don't have the shells. You can just serve them on that cast iron. Heck yeah, with like your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Recipes um, coming for all this stuff. I promise you. So grilled chicken tacos. Yeah, I love that recipe. I, I mean, it's a good recipe, but I love to eat that recipe. Like I finished off. I think we had thigh meat left from that for several days. I finally finished it off one day last week. Just made me some fast tacos. I go grab me yeah. some shells, throw them in the microwave, put a little of that meat in there, and put some hot sauce on it, a little pico. You got to stay up close to that but mic. Man, thighs. You can't beat grilled thighs. That's I'm what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that forever. I know. I know. 
You ain't telling me nothing. I love thigh meat. You I have, have won bread. more uh, chicken ancillary contest with those boneless, skinless thighs than in probably any other category. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I used to just, it was automatic. It was going to be first place. And people hated it because you just got them old Aldi boneless, skinless thighs from Aldi. And all you do marinated them and cook them and sauce them. And I want you to share that recipe. You've never shared that recipe. It's easy. I need to get. You Michael keep that's what you it. say. I, I need to hand that one down to Michael. <laughs> Son, here's your chicken recipe. If you can't do this. You need to hang it up. I and, say, I say, baby, won't you do that chicken recipe? You know that you've won so much with. You say, oh, that one's too easy. <laughs> I'm not doing that. One. That's not a good recipe. You want me to do it? Yes. I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on the list right now. <laughs> I think I can write left-handed. I'm going to move this list. Um, but the thing about those grilled chicken tacos is we can make a really big dinner for a lot of people off a couple of chicken thighs. By the time we make some fresh guac and some rice yeah. and some beans, and then you do the the chicken for the tacos, it's it's Oh, yeah, it's super it's awesome. easy. That and a flat iron steak. Like I get a yeah. pack of those chicken thighs and one flat iron steak, and you got taco dinner. I for mean, a lot of beef people, Beef and yeah. chicken, yeah. Um, Throw in some shrimp. Man. <laughs> they also make really good fajitas with the peppers and yeah, the onions yeah. and some tomato, little mushroom. Do them up fajita style, and they're—I mean—they're good for any application like that. See, what I like about those boneless, skinless thighs is you can go any way you want with them. You, can, you know, if you want to do them Asian style, it's all a marinade because chicken takes on anything, and the thigh is so forgiving you cannot screw it up on the grill. Yep. As long as you cook it, don't undercook it. That's the only one thing you can do. But heck, I mean, you know. One seventy five is easy to get it to, yeah. and they're not. And if you go over, it's still forgiven. Just rest but, them, yeah. keep that juice. Any juice that comes out, that's what I love. That's what makes them so good. Like throw them in a pan, put a little full over, it, let them sit and rest before you cut. Don't cut them so they come off the grill. And then there'll be all that good juice in there, and then toss them, cut them up, slice them, and then put them back in the juice and toss them around. Man, maybe a little pinch of extra seasoning just to pop them. It's dynamite. <laughs> Um, dynamite. You made a marinade, but a, a lot of times we'll buy a store-bought marinade. It's actually the Kroger brand, Simple Truth Cilantro Lime yeah, Marinade. it's the healthy marinade. <laughs> it's got the white and green label for healthy stuff. Organic. Organic, yeah. But it's good. It is good. It's got a lot of cumin in it, a lot of cumin. Yeah. That's what makes it good. They've got a lot of good stuff in the private selection stuff at your local Kroger. <laughs> But I just wanted to talk about that recipe real quick. Yeah. Cover it. The whole, like, uh, did we not talk about that? It seems no. like we did. Oh, we oh. might have. But we didn't talk about it. We didn't do a, a, podcast, a podcast after that. Was, that. was that last week? I, you know, I've lost track. I don't know. <laughs> it's already October. We're just hanging on at this We're point. We're just hanging on, yeah. Uh, but just so, this recipe, <laughs> easiest chicken taco recipe you could do. You go get you some boneless, skinless chicken thighs. They come in a little tray. Usually there's six of them. Trim off any of the excess fat. If you want to. If you want to, you can leave it fat on there and let it char up. But I like to trim it off because thigh fat is kind of nasty. Yeah. And then I throw them in a marinade. You could use the store-bought one like Shell just talked about. Or I did um, I did my own version of a cilantro lime marinade. Just use some lime juice. Yeah, and, and it's good. Lime zest, some oil. Um. You know, a bunch of uh, one bunch of cilantro, cilantro and lime, yeah. Some finely chopped garlic and onion. It was really good. What else did I put in there? You mean pull yeah. it up? Yeah, pull that up. I should have had that pulled up. I'm sorry. Here it is. It is. It's gonna talk to me that way. Oil, water, 
lime juice, zest of a lime. I hate the zest of limes. Why? It's so good. It's it makes bitter. stuff pop. It's very bitter. It just makes it pop. Cilantro, some diced onion, some diced garlic, salt, so cumin, black pepper, black pepper and oregano. Yep, that was it. Mixed all that up, put those lime, put those thighs in a bag. How how long can you marinate them? They need a couple hours. Yeah. I mean, would you go overnight? I mean, it, it probably. I never probably wouldn't hurt it. Yeah. You know when I used to do those just thighs in like a, an Italian vinaigrette, I'd go throw them in the cooler on Friday or Thursday and let them soak all night. Yeah. It ain't gonna hurt anything. They're as still long as good. you keep them cold. Thighs so neutral. That it's going to absorb all that flavor, and it's probably going to get better. But I mean, you don't want to put them in there till the muscles break down. In it. And <laughs> lime juice is eventually going to break it down. That's true. You probably need to be yeah. careful with the lime juice. But it, it would last overnight. I mean, I just say optimal to one to two hours is optimal because you're going to get plenty of flavor on it. But if you want to throw them in there in the morning, but set them in the fridge, and then when you get home in the evening, you know, to it would be good. It'd be good. Um. I wanted to talk real quick about gamekeeper. I didn't meat. go over the whole recipe. Oh, though. sorry. That was just the marinade. <laughs> so then I took them out of the marinade <laughs> and blotted them off. <laughs> and I seasoned them with some grande gringo. Oh, we're hanging on. <laughs> Fired up the grill. <laughs> and I did the two zone on the Weber, this one. Kept all the coals on one side, put the you know cool zone on the other, started, yeah. started the chicken thighs out on that side, the cool side, let them go, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes till they started looking. Flipped them, got a little seasoning dried on them, all the moisture's off. They're looking good. About half cooked, probably. Yeah. Then I threw them over and charred them, and I was just going to get charred at this point. Just you want to build that because that's really what makes it good. Gives you some crunch. Gives you some really good flavor. The chicken starts dripping down on those coals, too. Yeah. And, man, and then you take them off, rest them, and then cut them up and serve them taco style with whatever you like. I like pico. I like, like – Sour cream crema. I use some lime in yeah. there. Use some uh, hot sauce. It's a real simple one that I put. I, I bet I put the recipe on here, didn't I? You did, and um, it's I really called it good. creamy lime taco sauce. Sour cream, zest, juice, Mexican style, uh, Valentina, pinch of salt and pepper. It's the easiest little sauce to whip together, but so much better than going straight sour cream on a taco or anything Mexican. And then, of course, you got to have some avocado. Little extra lime wedges. I like a little extra I mean, cilantro on mine. But hey, if you want lettuce and to- lettuce and cheese and tomato, go with that route. Put whatever you want on these chicken tacos. As long as you get that marinade on them boneless, skinless thighs, leave the breast for something else, making chicken tenders for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but go with you know what you know why uh, this is a side note. You know why General Sal's chicken so good and t- Chinese takeout joints? So I get because they use thighs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never liked breasts. I've always thought they're dry. The and dark meat's where it's at. But thighs are. Now, now see, I don't, I'm not, I don't like to eat fried chicken thigh. Well, you go, if we go to get grandma's fried chicken or Popeyes or, you know, somewhere it's got Gus's fried chicken, I want the breast and the wing. That's, I like that. Ugh. I will. I mean, I'll eat them, but they're not my favorite. But using them in recipes, thighs is the way to go. So now we can talk about <laughs> that was it. That's the chicken. That's the grilled chicken tacos. For that's worth that videos out there. Go watch it. <laughs> um, no, I was wanting to talk about gamekeepermeats.com. Mossy Oak. So, Mossy Oak. Yeah. Mossy Oak started this new division where you can Columbus order um, wild game 
Yeah. That's butchered. It's high quality wild game delivered to your door. That's where we got the gator. Oh, yeah. No, I'm pulling up my email right now. They sent me a thing. Did you read that email? It was, they're having, so they're going to have some wild boar mm-hmm. shanks, wild boar ribs. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to have to try this. Would you would you cook wild boar? Yeah. What has been, always been your holdup with wild boar? You've been a little iffy with wild boar. Well, see, now I know these guys are getting, they can't just be going out and trapping a hog and selling it. Yeah. A wild hog. They've had When you go get a wild hog, you've been around one, there's some nasty creatures. <laughs> They'll eat any, they'd eat you. If you're laid out there dead, they'd, they'd probably try to run you down and kill you and eat you. They would. They wouldn't, they'll eat anything. Trash, yeah. it don't matter. Tear a field up. They're vegetarians or omnivores or whatever. They're, pr- they're pretty much like the buzzards of four legs and hair and big old tusk and they teeth. And they run in groups, yeah. But they'll eat anything. So it's always been nasty to me. I mean, just, I mean, now I've had, I have ate some. I'm just, everybody always asks me, I got this wild hog. You want to cook it? No, I don't want that. I don't know where you got it. I don't know what it's been doing. I don't want to put that on my pit. But if I go from some source that I know yeah. that they have to have some standards they're holding us to, it's wild boar meat. I want to try it. I'm, I'm curious, you know? Yeah. And if I kill, like, say, I would cook one that's been trapped, and I know some guys that do this. They set hog traps, and then they don't just go kill them. They'll go feed them and get them cleaned out for, like, a week to run everything, feed them some corn. Then they'll dispatch them and clean them, and they're probably okay. But those things carry a lot of disease, too. Yeah, they do. Um, Butcher, uh, David Boska from Butcher Barbecue. said he won't touch them. Yeah. (laughs) He'll butcher anything. (laughs) He gave us some horror stories on that. Yeah, heck yeah. He said, uh. It can give you heartworms, right? It gives you some, yeah, some kind of worms that you can get some kind of parasite that attacks your heart and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. You can get a transplant, heart transplant, it'll still come back on you. And it's because it enters your skin. It's not from consuming the meat, it's from processing it. Because if you like some something they carry or can carry, um, if you have an open wound or a sore, if you're processing and you get some of their blood on you some kind of way, and it gets in your bloodstream that way, you can get infected. It's not if it's cooked, it kills it. You know, cooked to a proper temperature. But I don't want to. I wouldn't want to process one up myself. Well, they that also- worried me enough to say, oh, "Nope, none of that for the kid." <laughs> no, <laughs> no chance there. I don't want some heartworm <laughs> to deworm me. <laughs> Does advantage make something that you can give me for that? You think if I took some of Minnie's <laughs> Chewies from Dr. Patberg and fix me up? I'm just thinking about having to worm you every yeah. night. <laughs> <Worm me. laughs> um, None of that. Would you, so they're going to have venison, elk, rabbit, and bison on top of the wild uh, alligator boar. Alligator, too, I guess. But this and one says volcano too. shanks, wild boar shoulder, wild boar St. Louis ribs. Huh. And he said, they got wild boar bacon too. They said, take a look at it. And if uh, you think you want to cook some of it, put an order in. I said, okay. You don't think I'm going to? Yeah. You know, we got some rabbits in the freezer like right now. Yeah. And I, I don't know about, I was going to. Have you ever cooked a wild rabbit or a rabbit? I've never cooked a rabbit. Yeah. I've never cooked one. A lot of people have sent us rabbit My recipes. mama's cooked rabbit. We've had rabbit and dumplings. Yeah, they cook stew, rabbit stew, fry it, and put it in gravy and yeah. simmer it. If I cooked one, that's probably what I would do some kind of way. You don't think you'd? I'd grill it and then cut it up, cut it up into pieces and then grill it and then put it in a Dutch oven, you know, with all this stuff and make a gravy. So it'd yeah. be kind of grilled rabbit and gravy. That's a <laughs> grilled <laughs> rabbit. 
It's going on the list. And gravy. The only other time I've had rabbit when it wasn't like a... You think they'd like, cook the Easter bunny? <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Let's really make people mad. Um, the only other time I've had a rabbit was at like a real fancy restaurant. or Yeah, know. and I've had rabbit loin like that. That's pretty yeah. good. You couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. You wouldn't. And I've had wild boar at restaurants, and it's like, you know, it's cooked down. I thought, where do we have that? It's like wild boar shanks just smothered down. It was just tender, delicious meat. We had smoked. Um, to, it's Torino's of rabbit. I forgot what it was called. Uh, to, is it like Torado? Yeah, Torado's of uh, rabbit or something. Give me pronouncing all that fancy stuff. <laughs> and then he numbered some fried rabbit. And they also had some ready to cook sausage that looked really good. Yeah, like it was yeah. already. I, I need to go check out their website because when we got yeah. the alligator from them, they first contacted us. It was very early on; like they didn't have it built. They were, yeah. they were just fishing the ideal around, and they had it coming. You know, they do what they wanted to do, but now it's supposed to be up. So you can go. They've got a Facebook page. They've got a market where you can order all this stuff, and I guess they'll ship it right to you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to try it. They had a venison. They have. And, they got some elk. Yeah, they had a venison and blueberry sausage. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't sound too good. Keep I don't kind of want to yeah. do it. So, Berries and deer and sausage. Maybe. It, maybe. I don't know. It's chili season. It is chili seasoning. So I thought today we might talk about soups, stews, and chilies. Sounds like a plan. I've got a really good, uh, you know that chili recipe I did, the Dutch oven? Yeah. How many people have told me they've entered that in a chili contest and won? Yes. I've never been in a. I guess I have only chili contest I've cooked in we in get South Haven. Two predominant comments on that recipe. The one that it's too spicy. No, right? no, no. Uh, it is. Uh, I have. I love this recipe. Yeah. I've entered it in a contest. I've won. I impress everybody with this recipe. And the second one is, why in the world would you put sugar in your chili? <laughs> like <laughs> they hadn't tried it. it. They hadn't tried yeah. it. Yeah. They just. Oh, yeah. No, they probably said, why'd you put beans in there, too? Did I put beans in that one? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's been so long since I've done that. a few beans. You know, when I make chili, I don't really have a recipe. I don't either. <laughs> I just start you making gotta it. Go, I got to And I'm making it, and I taste it, and I made, I made a big pot last week. It's so easy. Um, I love chili, too. Oh, this one I made with brisket. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, you cooked a... Chopped up the peppers and onions and the Dutch yeah. oven. It wasn't brisket. It was a chuck roast. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, you smoked yeah, a chuck sugar. roast. You gotta have sugar in there to balance it out. You have to have sugar to balance it out. Yeah, all the different kinds of peppers. You don't, it didn't taste sweet. It didn't make the chili taste sweet. It just makes it taste... That one's good. Balanced. Good. You read that recipe right there. If you said that don't taste good, something's wrong with you. <laughs> The one we made last week and that we brought up to the office and um, shared with everybody, we used poblanos, jalapenos. I call it three pepper chili. Yeah, it was three pepper chili. Yeah. It was red bell pepper, poblano, and jalapeno. It was good. It was really good. It's a little spicy. It spicy had some rotel in it. Um, so what's your favorite chili? Do you have a favorite? It's got to be just red chili. I mean, you My call it red chili, chili or yeah. Texas chili or whatever. Beans or no beans? Um. Some beans, I think it needs. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not. I love meat chili only. It's really good. Yeah, but I like some beans too. I'm a fan of beans, and I, but I put like you know if we make a big pot, maybe just one can of beans. Yeah, you know. It's, I mean, but I, I like it. Uh, white chicken chili. Now I make a really good white chicken on my level with the white chili too. So, and I've never done that recipe. I need to Mm-mm. do that. I was thinking about doing a when I was smoked can- white chicken chili. Yes. That would be really good. Put it on the list. Write it down. 
It's already on one list. But. Um, and the thing about I like about the white chicken chili <laughs> is when I serve it. I um, when I serve it, I'll put a uh, serve it with some cilantro and avocado, and you know, kind of almost have a toppings bar. You know, I love a good you toppings bar. Fritos. Fritos. The original Fritos, not the big scoops. The yeah. original. Sour Sometimes cream. I'll have both. Hot sauce, extra yeah. hot sauce. Yeah. That's what makes chili. Hot dogs. See, I like chili dogs. I do too. I am a fan of a good uh, all-beef hot dog that's been steamed, bun steamed, and then with the chili over it, cheese on top, and let it melt, some jalapeno slices, and just a little line of mustard, yellow mustard. So good. Maybe a little onion. I hear what you're talking about. Classic. I like it. I have that on my list to do. I was going to do it was chili supposed to dog. Be this week. Oh, next really? Week. Next week. It's coming week. But yeah. see, that chili that I like to do chili dogs with is more of a chili sauce. Yeah, has ground beef in it, but it's you know it's not runny. It's kind of a. But it's not chunky. Yeah, no, it doesn't have the peppers and the onions and all that stuff. It's just like the essence of all that in there. Yeah, and you cook it down into where it's almost, um, it's almost like a meat gra- uh, a southwestern. Meat sauce gravy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for for a, like a, a meat sauce you put over pasta, but yeah. with all the chili flavors in it, it, that makes it like a good hot dog chili. Yeah, because you don't want it too too chunky. No, you don't want a big old bowl of Texas chili when you're doing just chili dogs. Yeah, you want chili sauce. That's kind of so. That's what I was thinking. I was going to do that. Well, what's your favorite way to eat chili? With my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I like all the toppings with it. Yeah. I like the. If you're going to make, okay, I've made a bowl of chili. You've got all the toppings. Make it. Do you put Fritos in the bottom? I don't know if it's my favorite way, but okay. this is how I grew up eating chili. Okay. Bowl of chili, some saltine crackers, and cinnamon rolls. And don't yeah. ask me why, but cinnamon rolls go with chili. It's an Arkansas thing. It's an Arkansas. My mom would make homemade yeast cinnamon rolls. Like she always made yeast rolls, like Sunday dinner type mm-hmm. rolls. But then she would take that yeast roll dough and flatten it out, and then melt butter and cinnamon and sugar, and then roll it up and cut them, and then put them in a baking pan and let them rise, and then bake them, and then put this real like I don't know, um, it's like a thin icing. Yeah. Almost like a sugar icing over the top of them. And then we have it with chili. This is what we always had. And I don't know if it's an Arkansas thing or just my mama thing. It's so <laughs> no, good. The only people that I know that do that are from Arkansas. So, you know, Cincinnati-style chili, they serve it. Uh, it's a cinnamon-based. Yeah, it's uh, it's cinnamon got a little candy. sweet, a little cinnamon in the chili. Yeah. It's not super chunky. And it's uh, uh, served over a lot of times over pasta, over spaghetti noodles. And they'll put cheese over the top of it and onions. Yeah. And so – I need to make that for you sometime. Cincinnati chili. Okay. You don't think you'd like it? Uh-uh. Why not? Because I don't like cinnamon. Uh, well, my rub's got cinnamon in it. Didn't even know it. <laughs> it ain't like it's going to be. It ain't going to be full blown cinnamon chili. You know what? I'll try it. Yeah. I'll try. It. I'll Maybe try I'll just. Anything. Yeah, I got to try. I got to. I got to make that for you and see if it'll pass. Um. What's your favorite kind of way to eat chili? Just with all the Fritos and the. Um, if I'm just gonna do most of the time, I just like it depends. I I'm like a good chili. Out. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to tell you what your favorite way is? I've seen you do it. You get um, premium saltine crackers, <laughs> blue plate mayonnaise in a bowl, like a do- big old dollop of it. 
that's how I grew One bowl up. of chili, nothing on the chili, and then you smear some, <laughs> you like to use the word schmear. You'll schmear some of that blue plate on a cracker, smear. and then you'll take it and put some of that chili on top of that. And I was like, you're not really eating mayonnaise on your chili, are you? <laughs> that's how we did it growing <laughs> up. <laughs> that's got to be your favorite way. So I I was weird because I had cinnamon rolls. At least I wasn't mayonnaise eater. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? Yeah. No, I have not. I still ain't put mayonnaise. I can see maybe. What's the difference uh, between mayonnaise and sour cream? A lot. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> That's a big difference. So they're white. That's the only thing that's similar. <laughs> they have a similar. They're both. Thing. I don't even know if mayonnaise. You consider mayonnaise dairy? I guess it's made out of dairy. It's an oil. Yeah, it's more of a salad. Yeah. Moving right along. Do you know the difference between soups and stews? Uh, I can tell you what I think it is. Okay. Uh, a stew is hearty and thicker. And a soup to me is runnier. <laughs> it's, you know, it's. Yeah. You, you know, that's the I big mean, difference to me. What, what's the difference? What do you think the difference is? I mean, I looked it up. Oh, what's the difference? <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Soups, the main ingredient soup is liquid. Um, and stew uses liquid just enough to support, the like the meat, the, the meat and the veg. So, um, stew is a, di- a dish that's prepared by stewing either a vegetable or a meat down. So when I think of stewing, I think of cooking, braising something yeah, down, breaking it exactly. down. But we always there was a fine line in my house because whatever you had that was roasted or braised. Eventually turned into a soup. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like That's it kept I, stepping. It I might start out as pot day. roast, but then it was going to be pot roast, beef stew, maybe some sandwiches <laughs> yes. if there's some leftover in there. Yeah, and then eventually it turned into vegetable soup. Yep. And all they kept doing was add more liquid to it, trying to get every bit they could, and it'd be cans of vegetables and those little mixed vegetables and. That's one I think I always cans of tomatoes. I hated pot roast day because I knew we were going to be the whole week. The you were done. You were down. They were going to make cornbread, and you was going to eat cornbread and some form of that meat. Well, what's your favorite soup? My favorite. Wow, that's a tough one. Or what's the t- thing that pops to you, top of your head? Potato. Creamy that. potato soup. That one just popped into my head. That was what yeah. I was thinking when I was thinking of soup. I love a good tomato basil. Yeah. Creamy really tomato basil or yeah. just plain tomato basil? Where do you put do both. so where do you put like gumbos and chowders in there though? That's a whole that I guess that's a whole different section. Because those but are I do soups because gumbo would probably be my number one. I put hot seafood soup category. Yeah, but see cause see gumbo is like a cross between a stew and a soup. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's hard. almost its own little category. It is. Because you is. serve it over rice. French onion. So what's the difference between gumbo, etouffee, and jambalaya? Well, jambalaya is like a rice dish. It's not soupy at all. It's just rice and meat and stuff. Yeah. Etouffee is kind of like a sauce with rice. I guess you serve it over rice. It's, it's kind of more tomato-y. It's it? more of a salt, like a Cajun meat sauce. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever seafood you put in it. So, uh, and, and Gumbo, gumbo would be is a stew. A stew, yeah. stew I would say. But man, you guys, I got kind of thinking those foes and those are some good. of those ramen bowls. And man, those are so good. How can you rate those? Good. What about lobster bisque or a good shrimp bisque? You got me. You got me a bisque chowder stew I soup. Love- 
anything besides like chicken noodle or. Hey, I make a killer like chicken. Yeah, noodle. you do make a good chicken noodle soup. Chicken and dumplings. What's gotta, chicken and dumplings considered? That's its own category. It's not a stew because you stewed that chicken down to make your. Uh, I don't know. And then you make this creamy broth that goes with it, and you make it's the noodles and put in it. It's like a pasta, really. It's a dough. Probably Man. it would probably go into more of a pasta. Yeah, but some people do chicken dumplings all jacked up. Like yeah. they make them and they're like biscuits off in them and they're too thick and you can put them on a plate. Tortillas. You don't eat chicken. You don't eat chicken dumplings on a plate or a trough. Yeah. You eat, you eat in a big old bowl. Mine's practically a porridge. It's like what, a where, porridge. Does, where does porridge go in here? I don't know. That's some big made up word. <laughs> the bears. Yeah. Um, I do an enchilada soup that's really good. That one's fire. Chicken enchilada soup. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really good. And there's a taco soup that I've done in the past that you really like. I like taco soup. I mean, I'm, not, I'm a fan. It's that time of year. It got me thinking about all these different soup time. Soup stews and chowders and bisque. You know, a soup that I really like, but I never, um, I never really, I've never cooked it, but I'll order it as a French onion soup. Yeah. Get I've that. ordered sometimes they put that, that, uh, cook that cheese on top. It's like a bread with a cheese too or something. Mm-hmm. You break it and it's all kind of bubbling out. It is good. A cheese soup? I've never been a uh, fan I'm of not a fan of cheese soups. Like beer soup, beer I cheese and all that. Soup. Yeah, that's not my thing. I enjoy beer yeah. and I enjoy I cheese. Drink. You messed up two good things. That's like <laughs> my dad's told me this before a boy. He just went and messed up two good, perfectly good things. He told you that when we were uh, sticking put- a vodka bottle in a watermelon. <laughs> but it applies to beer and cheese too. <laughs> Does it not? <laughs> we were trying to make a drunken watermelon or something. Spiked watermelon. It's spiked watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him saying that. You just went and messed up two perp- perfectly good things. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong. Vodka in itself is a good thing. Watermelon is a good thing. Put them together. It never works out the way yeah. you think it's going to. Um, I also like a good clam chowder. Eh, not a big, uh, you know, the chowder I like is corn chowder. Yeah. It's really good. But it's, you know, that's pretty much potato soup. Potato it soup really is, is. kind of a chowder. It's more of a potato chowder because that's what makes a chowder a chowder, right? It's cream based and it has potatoes in it usually. Yeah. Some form. What makes a bisque a bisque? No potatoes. <laughs> this is just my random rules. <laughs> if you put potatoes in a bisque, all of a sudden it turns into a chowder. I like this. Am I wrong? I, I get on board with that. <laughs> I'm just saying where you are. If you're standing with me. <laughs> always. Even when I'm not so. quite sure, I'm always there. Uh, <laughs> and really, I looked up stews because I was like going to bring up some favorite stews, yeah. but the only thing that would pop up is beef stew. There's really only beef stew. <laughs> no, I, I know one that's awesome. What? Brunswick. Ooh, and Brunswick yeah. stew is, and, and man, it's. You've got a good recipe yeah, for Brunswick It's going to be, yeah, and I need to be making some of it coming up. I'm probably going to oh. for deer camp. It's got butter beans in there. It's got It's pretty much vegetable flavor. soup, meats, everything off the smoker. Yeah. Tie it all together with some tomatoes and a little ketchup and Worcestershire, and you got Brunswick, or barbecue sauce, and you got Brunswick stew. That's what I was saying. Instead of using the ketchup. There's a big argument sauce. where it was from, if it was from Georgia or if it was from Carolina. Or is it Kentucky? I, I can't remember. There's they, they make one called Burgoo. Yeah. It's kind of like a Kentucky Brunswick stew. It's There's got, all kinds of stews out there now. Don't, is don't, the Burgoo made with a lamb? 
Yeah, sheep. Yeah, sheep. <laughs> More likely. <laughs> <laughs> Lambs for roasting and chopping. Oh, sheep's for cooking down. That's what we grew up eating, sheep. sheep. Um, so that's all I had for... That's all you have so, for stews. <laughs> that's a good... It's, it's, not, it's not the, the most in-depth topic to talk about. No, it's really not. But, I mean, what does it take to make a good one? <laughs> um, time. Time, yeah. Experience. Time, time and good stocks. That's the main thing that makes a good yes, soup Yes, if you can stew. make your own stock, you'll have an awesome that's soup. That's it. And another thing is taste it. Taste it while you're cooking. And season it. Yeah. Season it. Don't be afraid of it. Get some good flavors off in there. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use some of that kitchen assassin. What was it? A kitchen assassin? A kitchen assistant? What's he called? That little chefy man? <laughs> kitchen assistant. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Kitchen no, helper. It's the kitchen helper man. I closed out my page I was on with him. Um, Those little concentrates would go great in stews and stocks. Get and you soups. some concentrates. Yeah. But that's a. So what do we got co- coming up? Kitchen accomplice. We've got. He's an accomplice. He's not an. Uh, okay. We have, um, I'm trying to think. I got the chili dog thing on my target, but now I've got some other ideas and some of that gamekeeper stuff. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I could back up and punt and go some different directions. But I could do Brunswick too. Uh, we, um, I got to start getting prepped up for this hog cook we got coming up. The SEA yep. first, I think we did I mention that in that last podcast. I think so. Yeah. But, we uh, talked S- about it briefly. First hog, the first whole hog SEA ancillary events coming up at, Mark Lambert Sweet Swine Mine Distributing Headquarters in Vihalia, Mississippi. 13th, 14th, 15th. Of November. Yep. We're going to be down in Startville uh, this month, uh, oh, the yeah. 24th, with the Palmer Home at yes. um, Mississippi the Palmero State. Palmero Center. Or Palmero. 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 I guess it's like their sports complex, uh, indoor yes. practice field. It is. Um, and I think some of the football players are going so to be there. We'll be passing out. They're, they're doing a tailgate to go fundraiser for Palmer Home. That's a, a local charity that we support here in Hernando. Um, they take care of a bunch of kids out there, and it's a you know it's a really great call. So we yeah. try to help them just because they're in our backyard. So, uh, but we're, I'm going down. I'm, we're cooking butts and beans, and we're bringing the buns. I think, or we got somebody bimbos uh, donating the buns from Tupelo who's yeah. donating the buns, and that's going to be a tailgate to go pack. You'll, yeah. If you go to the Palmer Home, I think they're still selling them today. Maybe the last day, but you can go ahead and sign up. It's going to be a party pack for four, four, four yeah, people. It's a tailgate it's got, for four. It's gonna there's going to be beer. There's going to be all kinds of good stuff in there. Yeah, Palmer Home get, always gets the best stuff. Yeah, you get um pulled pork and beans and and fixing. you get a big barbecue dinner for four. Yeah, yeah. And it's you take be good. it home and watch be side, the game there's all and, kinds of sides there. Yeah, get other people to make and desserts and. Beverages and then go home and watch football. Yep. It's gonna be a drive-through thing. I'll be there. Y'all can shout at me. I don't know if they're gonna make me COVID up. I don't know. Um, you'll be doing a remote. Yeah, we're doing a remote from there. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing something. In Starville on the twenty-fourth. Yeah. But most importantly, um, support the Palmer Home. Yep. If you can, if at all possible. Um, we also are going to be opening our retail store later this month, hopefully. Um. First of next month. We're stocking it. We're trying to get our occupancy permit. Fingers crossed. we got a meeting tomorrow night with the board. And uh, y'all come out and say us in Hernando. <laughs> we'll be open probably November 5th, 6th, something like there that. There is a Christmas in Hernando thing that's going to be going. I won't be here. 
<laughs> the store will be open. I'm going to be cooking a hog. <laughs> Shell will be here, so y'all can come see her, take your pictures with her. Nope. <laughs> no pictures. But I'll come by, here. check things out, and uh, do some Christmas shopping, because that's what it's all about. Yep. Um, But, yeah, that's all I have today. It's been another fun week, Shell. It has. We cooked a good steak. We... Got made some progress on the business here at the headquarters. We still ain't got a name for it. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us and watching the videos and yes. listening to the podcast. And we will be back next week to do this crazy thing again. Um, if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's – hold on. Let me put it on. Okay. <laughs> put it on you. I like your little switcher. It's hard to, like, do the switcher and have a conversation, and it it's hard. It's been great. Um, if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. We appreciate y'all hanging out. We gone. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I need some outro music, Shell. <laughs>